Okay, let me start by saying hi. My name is Brian, and this is Tell a Friend. For new listeners, I'll begin by explaining the format of the show. Okay, we'll begin with the run the news segment, which is where I'll be discussing the week's recent headlines. Then we'll be discussing the highs and lows of the week in two segments, which I call "Be Better" and "What Went Well." And then finally, we'll conclude with the take-home message of the week in the title segment, "Tell a Friend." Now, remember, you can tweet in during the show using the hashtag hashtag #TellAFriendPod, and also be sure to follow the show's Twitter page at #TellAFriendPod. So, without further ado, let's start the show. Okay, now we're going to move on to run the news. This week, the husband of restaurateur and TV mogul Beesmith has received a lot of backlash after a Washington Post video documented how their family is coping with the TV star's illness with Alzheimer's. The video featured Beesmith's husband Dan Gaspi and his new girlfriend, who also live in the house with him and Beesmith. Now, many were outraged that Gaspi, Beesmith's husband, had started another relationship while still being married to his ailing wife. Now, for those of you who don't know. The NHS describes Alzheimer's disease as a type of dementia, and it is associated with a continuous decline of the brain. It can affect memory, thinking skills, and other mental abilities. Gaspi has defended his decision to start another relationship, as he has said that, as being a carer, it is important to also look after himself. Now he claims that his wife has told him that she wanted him to go on with his life before her health declined. The problem that many of his critics have is that his new girlfriend has a room within their home, and Beesmith is no longer in a state to fully consent to this situation. This story really struck me, and it was quite upsetting. It was so awful to see how Alzheimer's can tear apart someone's life. Now, Beesmith was an incredibly successful broadcaster and restaurateur, and to see her in the state that she is now is frankly shocking. Whilst I personally would not be comfortable with my hypothetical partner starting another relationship if I was ill, I also do believe that no one knows the pressures involved in being a carer and looking after someone who is, you know, dying before your eyes. Now, being a carer is a hard twenty-four-seven role, and it can be mentally destroying for the carer as well. And my heart goes out to both B. Smith and her husband. This was one of those stories where initially I responded with outrage, as a lot of people did. But after reflection, I decided to withhold judgment because you know what? God forbid that I'm ever in that position. I I don't know how I would respond, and it was just a truly heartbreaking situation. I want to know how you all feel about this, or if you've read the story, how you responded. So please let me know with the hashtag #TellAFriendPod on Twitter. Okay, we're still in the run the news segment. In other news, the Daily Telegraph has revealed that Topshop boss Philip Green allegedly paid a female employee over one million pounds in a bid to silence her after she accused him of kissing and groping her. Now she's not the only one allegedly been paid off by Mr. Green. The other allegations include Philip Green smashing an employee's phone, him putting a female employee in a headlock, and also mocking a black employee for dreadlocks. These employees are alleged to have signed. Non-disclosure agreements and have been paid in some cases over one million pounds to keep silent. Green has denied any unlawful sexual or racist behaviour. When he was accused last October of misconduct, he stated that there had been banter, but he denied any wrongdoing on his his part. He certainly is no stranger to controversy, and all of this press, in light of the Me Too era, may significantly affect him and may deter shoppers away from his businesses. Okay, now for an obscure and global story. In Tanzania, a female MP by the name of Jacqueline Ngonyani—I really hope I've said that right—has called for male MPs over there to have been circumcised if they had not already been. 
Now, Tanzania in recent years has been trying to reduce HIV rates, and circumcision has been known to reduce risk of HIV transmission, according to the World Health Organization. Neighboring African countries have also promoted the procedure. Now, this female MP's suggestion, as expected, received criticism from numerous MPs, especially male MPs. Now, I'm sure she was well-intentioned, but this forceful element brings into question whether it's the right policy. Be sure to let me know what you think. Does this sound like a good prevention strategy or simply forceful and invasive? Use the hashtag, hashtag telefriend. Okay, now let's turn to British political news. Conservative MP Christopher Chope has been faced with severe condemnation from across both sides of the House of Commons in Parliament. This is because he objected and consequently blocked an anti-FGM private members bill. Now, for those of you who don't know, a private members bill, it's a proposal for a new law which can be brought forward by MPs who are not government ministers and also by members of the House of Lords. These bills are given less time in the parliamentary schedule so they don't usually go through all the official stages of a public bill. Instead, rules state that you only need one MP to call out an objection to block the bill. This is not the first time Sir Christopher Chope has caused outrage for blocking a private member's bill. He objected to the upskirting bill brought to the House last year, but he has said that he did not block these bills because of their content, but because he believed that they needed to be fully debated in Parliament. Now, it's worth noting that the bill had already successfully been passed in the House of Lords. Okay, now I'm going to talk about Donald Tusk. The European Council President Donald Tusk enraged many Brexit supporters after saying that there will be a special place in hell for politicians who advocated for a Brexit vote without having clear plans for the outcome. The Irish leader was heard telling Mr Tusk they'll give you terrible trouble in the British press. Now Tusk just laughed it off. Former UKIP leader Nigel Farage tweeted, after Brexit we will be free of unelected arrogant billies like you and run our own country. And the Speaker of the House, Andrew Ledson attacked him for having no manners. However, Exeter's MP Ben Bradshaw stated that he agreed with Tusk and called out Boris Johnson and David Davis as having been one of the politicians that Tusk said had misled the public. Now, the topic of Brexit really has coarsened and clearly it doesn't appear to be improving. Tusk's remarks seem to have been carefully planned before he made them. Whilst he was solely attacking vote leave politicians, it could be misconstrued and leave many leave voters feeling enraged in their anti-EU sentiment. Okay, now for Be Better. So unless you've been living under a rock, you must have heard about actor Liam Neeson's comments. If not, let me explain. This week, Liam Neeson was doing a press circle in order to promote his new film, Cold Pursuit, which is about a man seeking revenge after his son is murdered. While speaking to the independent newspaper last Monday, Neeson was discussing retribution, and he recalled a time when he found out someone close to him had been raped. Now, he asked his female friend if she knew who it was, and she said no and he asked what colour the rapist was. The female friend told him that the rapist was black, so Neeson said that he walked around the area armed with a kosh looking to be approached by a black person so he could kill them. He said he was ashamed of his thought process. Now, people online were enraged by this clear racism. It is important to note that Liam Neeson asked his friend which race the attacker was, and instead of seeking to kill any rapist that he found, he was willing to attack any black person, purely because they were of the same race as the rapist. 
Now, I understand people saying that it's important to have dialogue about subconscious racism, but at the same time, people must realize that black people and more broadly, people of color should not have to be subjected to hearing stories about how someone was willing to kill them because of their race. Neeson should have dealt with his own past racism and had that self-reflection privately because it's deeply sickening to retell such a story and almost expect a round of applause for your supposed honesty. It's one thing to hold such hate-filled racism views internally, but it's another thing to feel confident enough to express them without any concern for black people who will have to hear it. Now, Liam Neeson, be better. No, seriously, be better and think about your thought process in that moment and in future, think before you vent. Also on a side note, Liam Neeson has been in the industry for decades now and you know, it's almost laughable to think that he thought that this was the best story he could find to tell during this promotion circle. So yeah, Liam Neeson, be better. I've got two things in Be Better this week. The other one goes out to the fashion brand Gucci. So Gucci has been forced to apologize after they released an all turtleneck, uh, which was all black with a bright red cutout for the mouth. Now, this sweater clearly resembled blackface. To give a very brief summary, blackface is when people, non-black people, dress up or use makeup intended to resemble black people. Now, the appearance is often based on racist stereotypes of black people, and it usually depicts black people in dehumanizing ways. Gucci is not the first and probably will not be the last to make this sort of inexcusable error. Prada just last year had a blackface monkey accessory and H&M, we all remember that jumper. Now, this in my view is due to many of these companies failing to have diverse work environments and diverse stuff. Companies need to improve diversity and also have a racial sensitivity workshops. Now, aside from the diversity issue, I'm honestly confused by how this turtleneck jumper was approved. Honestly, if you haven't seen it, you need to see it. I mean, a five-year-old could have seen that that was blackface. So Gucci, be better. Okay, now to what went well. My What Went Well this week has to be the film The Favourite. Now, I don't often get a lot of time to get to the cinema, but yesterday I did get a chance to, and I went to watch The Favourite, which is all about Queen Anne and palace intrigue and all of that. Loved Olivia Coleman, loved Emma Stone, loved Rachel Weisz. Honestly, you have to see it. It's going to be a short What Went Well, so the favourite because I loved that film. Now I'm going to finish off with Tell a Friend. This week's Tell a Friend is on the theme of disappointment. I chose this theme after seeing an interview that Bradley Cooper did with Oprah Winfrey for her show Super Soul Conversation. Now he said to her that he felt embarrassed after not being nominated for Best Director for A Star Is Born. There's a famous phrase that goes, if you live by the compliment of others, you will die by their criticism. So this week, tell a friend to understand the emotion of disappointment. It can be a tool which encourages you to strive harder and reach new ground, but at the same time, it can act as a toxic catalyst which leads you down a dangerous path of self-doubt and insecurity, and eventually can cause a lack of motivation. So during spells of disappointment, see it as a learning curve and don't let it hold you captive. Well guys, that That is all for this week. Remember, if you like the show, tell a friend. If you didn't like the show, well, you clearly weren't listening. So maybe next week you can go back and listen again. And yeah, that's all I have today. So enjoy. Enjoy.